for Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2.19. And I have such a fun show today, I can hardly stand it. I'm just going to quickly remind every, all my listening friends, I just want you to remember, Home Instead Senior Care provides trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. All caregivers are thoroughly screened, extensively trained, professional, and reliable. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. We're just so happy to have them help us with this program. I don't want to leave out Home Instead. They need to know that we are really grateful for them. Now, we're going to get to move on to the next thing. I get to invite, I mean, I get to introduce one of my favorite people. Her name is Janet McHenry. Janet, thank you for being on the show. Happy, I'm so excited to be with you today. I'm, I can't even begin to explain how happy I am about it. I'm going to give your bio just real quick, and it's not easy to do in a matter of a few seconds, but I definitely want to save some time for people to understand how you got to be the woman known for prayer walking, among other things. So let me just go quickly and say Janet McHenry is an award-winning author of 24 books, including all kinds of stuff. Like I wrote down some of the titles from your website. I've got them right here. My Prayer Buddy Devotional, Girlfriend Gatherings, Training for Success, Prayer Walk, Prayer Changes Teens, Prayer Streaming, 50 Lessons for Graduate. I mean, there are just so many. My favorite one I'm reading right now, The Complete Guide to Prayers of Jesus. Okay, we're definitely going to be talking about that because that is just hitting my heart square where I need it to be hit. I don't know what to call this, Janet. I'm thinking about calling it The Not-So-Normal Life of Prayer Walking Janet McHenry. <laughs> you think that's too long? I don't know what was, to call it. Well, it was sort of the whole thing happened rather accidentally, really. Uh, you know, years ago, I was falling apart physically. Uh, it, the worst moment was when I stepped out my back door and I found myself in a humble, uh, crumpled heap because my knee had given way. Uh, so I knew I needed to do something about my health, but I also knew that God had given calling me for a long time to spend more time with him so that's as simply as it started walking and praying well you know i think it's so interesting that you bring it up we're going to talk more about your story in this episode and and i cannot wait for people to hear the details what i think is interesting is you you have like second generations of people now who never read your prayer walking book who like me I remember walking around the school building, my kid's school building, because somebody said, let's go for a prayer walk. That's a good idea. We'll do that. And I've also walked around my church before with people on more than one occasion. So they're they're like second generation people removed from your who've never actually read your book, who are, have 
been involved in prayer walks. So I want to talk a little bit about how that developed. And I know there's a lot more to the story than just you put it pretty simply in two sentences. But tell us a little bit about what was going on that drove you to need that moment of prayer. Well, really, it started out with the need to get healthier. And so I I simply determined that day that I was going to get up a little bit earlier and I was going to walk. Uh, I would start out with about 15 minutes of walking. And because I'm someone who likes to be doing more than one thing at a time, I'm a multitasking (laughs) woman. I decided that I would pray while I walked. I knew that God wanted me to spend more time with him. So it initially started out, you know, I was praying for my family, praying for my job as a high school English teacher, and I was praying for our marriage and all sorts of things as I thought of them. I call them sort of pockets of prayer. And But that all changed one day when I saw what I call a single daddy's ballet. It was not even 6 o'clock yet in the morning. I was walking up and down Main Street in my little town in the Sierra. I live in a town of 800 people. Uh, We have 3,000 people in our whole county, and we're quite isolated from the rest of the California world here. Mm -hmm. And I was walking. We have a half a mile Main Street, and I was walking from one end to the other, one end to the other, back and forth and back and forth under the streetlights. And I saw this young man pull out his blanketed bundle girls and hand this little baby girl over to Cheryl, the daycare worker who was standing up on the sidewalk waiting for him. He had to commute all the way to Reno for his job, about an hour away. And right wow. then, the little, girl, the little girl said, bye, Daddy, I love you. And I saw mm-hmm. the angst in that young man's face, and I thought, I need to pray for him. And mm. then it was so God said, you need to pray for everyone. <laughs> Open up your eyes. And so I began um, walking. As I was walking, I began to pray for all the business people. I began to pray for the people in their homes. I prayed for the mill workers heading to the mill, the lumber mill. I prayed for the loggers heading out into the woods. I prayed for those commuting into Reno. And that developed uh, a praying without ceasing kind of a lifestyle because I really believe that wherever we are, there is a need for prayer. And God can put it on our hearts to pray for people as we see them in the struggles that they have. All those people around us we encounter day by day. I love that. I, I think partly there is a part of my heart that just... I'm kind of a compulsive talker. People that know me know that about me. And I think there is something to that. When I first read that Pray Without Ceasing, I thought, oh, that's something I can do. And and I'm really great at asking God to and, and interceding and, and pointing things out to him. I've had to learn to be quiet and listen. That's not as natural for me, obviously. <laughs> but But I love it that what you're describing, anybody can pray without ceasing. Anyone can do that. We can. And uh, some people will say, you know, but I'm so distracted all the time. And so I learned that through the practice of prayer walking, that as ideas came up to me, what am I going to do in period two with the 10th graders? What am I, gonna, how am I going to yeah. put that teacher at school today? that those distractions were also a need for prayer, and that I had not really given those situations over to God. So as I prayed for them, I released them 
into God's hands to take care of and then got back into the focus of walking and praying for whatever God put in front of my eyesight. So my little pockets of prayer turned effectually into prayer walking, you know, praying on site with insight. I love that. You know, you kind of, you deal with some of that in this book, uh, the one I'm reading right now, The Complete Guide to Prayers of Jesus. By the way, all of uh, Janet's books, I guess all of them, I don't know, a bunch of them are available on her website. I found them on uh, JanetMcHenry.com. So that's J-A-N-E-T-M-C. H-E-N-R-Y dot com. And she's actually running a sale right now, so they're a great price. If you go there, you can find her bookstore. And I just encourage you to do that. There's so many to choose from. But on the in the one I'm reading right now, on page 99, it says, you're talking about the way Jesus prayed for his, I love this title, by the way, Jesus' Prayer for His Friends. And, and I like this quote. It's not an, I don't know what to do with them prayer. Jesus did indeed know what to do as he taught and modeled a new way of living out faith and loving others by serving them. He had been entrusted with the disciples by the Father until that moment. Now he was entrusting the Father with the rest of their lives. I just think that is such a beautiful thought for parents. And you mentioned this young man who's turning his beloved little baby over to the daycare, and and she loves him so much. She speaks to him in that. But I think there was so much in your book that I found encouraging for parents. And that thought especially, Jesus had these beloved friends that he had ushered into this whole new understanding of, of how God loves us and loved them and what God had called them to do. And then as he was leaving this earth, he was entrusting his beloved friends to God for the future of their lives. I just, I just love that, Janet. I wanted to thank, I didn't want to forget to quote that on air because I wanted to thank you for writing that. That's such an encouraging thought. Yeah. I kind of called that the handoff prayer. It's from John 17, the chapter long prayer where Jesus is in the upper room and he knows what's ahead. And, you know, he prays for himself, he prays for his, the, uh, his disciples, and he prays for even those who will believe. And for his disciples, he says, basically, you know, here they are, Lord. I've finished my work with them. Now they're yours. Um, and um, he's giving them over. And I think as parents that that is a really healthy prayer for us as well on um, I don't know about your listeners, but I certainly <laughs> have been a helicopter parent probably a lot of my life. And But there came to be times when uh, there was nothing more to do other than to hand them over to God and to say, here they are, they're yours, and I trust you with them and what you are going to do. Right. I think every mother has that moment, and, and we get it so early. I mean, they're so tiny when we first have to say, Lord... I can't, I can't help this child breathe, I, you know, with even bronchitis or something. You, you, you want to breathe for them and you can't, and you have to trust God to get you to the right doctor or the right treatments for children that are, you know, can't just struggling to even breathe when they're babies or have a high fever or whatever it is. I mean, you just don't expect to have that prayer so early in their little lives. You, I've got one more child in the nest. He's about to be gone this summer. He's finishing up school. And I'm ready to say, Lord, he's yours now. <laughs> yeah. 
there's a there's a moment when you're ready, but you're not ready when they're little. It's more of a t- it's more of a test of faith to say it when they're tiny. Lord, this is really your baby, not mine, and I can't do anything here except trust you, and so I do. Um. I think it's kind of interesting to hear. I want to hear more about your story, and I want to get off track. I have so many things. And we're going to do another episode, and it, I'm going to pick her brain and all her wisdom and understanding. And I'm thinking about calling that one prayer walking, teaching, and talking into another generation. I'll have all this information on my website at kathycrafty.com. K-R-A-F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E is in Edward.com. So stay with us. We'll be right back after these messages. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Chimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. Hi, this is Kathy. As women, we have a lot to ponder, but even the toughest topics are easier when we open up authentically and share our tenderest wisdom with each other. During this break, I want to mention a special way you can help other women. You can sign up for our blog and share it with your friends. Our podcasts are designed to create tools to talk about the toughest topics at home or at work. You can help by going to Kathy Crafty, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward, dot com. We hope you love sharing these conversational adventures as much as we love bringing in experts to tell their stories and share their wisdom. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. My parents are getting older and I want to be there to help. But sometimes I spend more time taking care of them than my own family. It's starting to put pressure on my marriage, and I feel like I'm ignoring my kids. My parents need help. I need help. My mom wants to stay at home, but she honestly can't handle it on her own anymore. I've been taking care of her, but I just want to be her daughter again. I know mom feels the same way. I'm not sure where to turn. If you're struggling to care for your parents, you're not alone. Home Instead Senior Care can help. With personalized service and a personal touch, our caregivers will help your parents stay in the place they call home. Home Instead Senior Care. To us, it's personal. Thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hi, we're talking with Janet McHenry, the prayer walking guru and this amazing teacher. I I was so fortunate to get to sit in Janet's teaching at Mount Hermon Christian Writers Conference this year. And what a blessing. I'm Honestly, Janet, I think that's some of the best uh, training I've ever received on how to write. I just want to mention that in case people are thinking about my, Mount Hermon 
are you going to be at any other writers conferences? Or are you going to be teaching anywhere this fall? I'm not as scheduled yet, but uh, possibly, possibly next year. I'm applying to different conferences here and there, and see, just see what happens. Yeah. Well, I loved what you taught, and and because I'm just a sponge for that stuff now, I have I've really actually received quite a bit of training. But I loved what you did, and one of the exercises you did in that training. See, I think your high school and all the things that God has brought you through have really prepared you for this moment in life to pass this on to other people. One of the things you did was that wonderful exercise where you picked the person in our group of about four or five women who you broke the whole room, which was filled with people and broke it us, broke us all up into five groups of small, small groups, and then picked the one person in the group who felt like she would never get her book written or he, and then you had all the rest of us supply topic chat, chapter topics and subtopics for that book. So that when we left that room, she had an outline on sticky notes. So I cannot wait to follow up with her. Last I heard she was busily writing in our group so that could become a book. I mean, really, in that one hour, you did several days of training, but in that one hour, there could be five or ten books that come out of that because of that one exercise you did with us. That was genius. I think we may have had 36 or 37 in the room, and so I'm hoping there will be 36 or 37 books out of that, <laughs> if not more. Um, really? I still use that technique. It's a storyboarding technique often that fiction writers use, but it's very effective for writing nonfiction as well. So it was super fun to see the transformation and the excitement in students in students' eyes. So that was very fun. Well, if you can if you can teach high school kids to love writing as you have done, then teaching people like me that are desperate to write, I mean, you're just good at it. <laughs> You're well trained. <laughs> adults, adults are an easier audience. Let me tell you, they're there because they really want to be, and that they're called. They know God called them to do something. So, um, it was a wonderful experience. Well, you did a great job. It was one of the, my favorite trainings I've ever had, and that was just one example of one day of it. You also gave us a whole thing on how to use. Uh, social media, which is my belly wick. So I loved what you did with that. I was taking notes thinking, if I ever need to teach this, this is a great way to teach it. Just do it so people can see how it's done. Um, so you did a live broadcast right there while we were all in the room. Now, I mentioned Mount Hermon. You were the 1993 Writer of the Year at Mount Hermon. That's a huge honor to be chosen among all those writers at one of the premier conferences in the whole United States. And all, almost immediately, Health Magazine picked up your prayer walking magazine, uh, book and wrote, you know, promoted it, wrote articles about that concept. So tell me a little bit about how that happened. Uh, prayer walk uh, happened sort of because of just a nudge from my agent at that time. I had been prayer walking for some time and. I had thought I was going to write some great Christian novel, which never happened. And my Asian friend <laughs> said, "Why don't you, why don't you write about that prayer walking thing that you do?" And I said, "No, I think that's only five words. You walk and you pray. It just is. No, I think about it." And just uh, so uh, I put it together, and uh, it was released by Water Book Press in, in fall in the spring of two thousand one, and uh, Water Book is an arm of Random House now, and the book is still in print 
But the, the lovely thing that happened was that um, it was beginning, fur walking was beginning to be a groundswell movement of just just got a God movement around the world. And so Health Magazine, one of its editors there, found out about the idea of it, loved the idea of someone who prayed in connection with their community and for their community. And uh, so she flew up from Southern California and spent three days with me, uh, taping me as I prayer walked. And then they sent a national photographer who uh, took pictures of me for three days in my little town, you know. They, wow. had, they had uh, they had cameras set up downtown, and you got to know there's no stoplight in my entire town. In fact, there's no <laughs> stoplight in my entire county. So we're wow. very rural. So the whole buzz around town was like, "What is going on, Mrs. McHenry? What are you doing?" <laughs> wow! And you were everybody's high school teacher. Yeah, they you were everybody's. Not. I knew everybody. Yeah, everybody knew me. And uh, so they did a, a nine-page feature. It was the feature article in the September 2001 uh, issue of Health. And um, that really, I think, propelled the book and the concept. And um, I was just super blessed by that, um, especially given the fact that I thought it was just really five words. You walk and you pray. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you've written six more, six books on prayer. So that's kind of impressive just to write six books on any topic. <laughs> But, I've, uh, I've been super blessed by that, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and it, uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, I don't, I don't want to get, I don't want to be too nosy, but I know sometimes people get the idea that, that, well, I have this idea sometimes, like, okay, my life has been a struggle. There have been things that even self-inflicted pain that I did in my own life by choosing, uh, for instance, an abortion and some other uh, choices I made that were so destructive and painful for me and for anybody else in my life at that time. And so I, and I often have people on the show who are victorious over some terrible thing that has happened in their life. But in your case, I, I just wanted to mention you, you have this beautiful life and yet you face struggles. You're, you're not immune to struggles. In fact, it seems like Satan may have known that was about to happen in your life with all this communicating and, and spreading of his messages, especially about prayer. So tell me a little bit about that if you want to. I'd be, um, I'm happy to share it because I know that a lot of people struggle with the concept of life not being fair. And yeah. Certainly, Craig and I certainly experienced that um, in 2005. Um, in 2000, the fall... Of uh, late fall of 2001, actually, my husband, who's a rancher, had uh, several calves and an old bull that bedded down in a dry creek bed and were covered over by snow and died. Uh, oh, my. We did not know, we, he did not know about that. It was in a remote location on his ranch here in the Sierra Valley. Um, and yet a disgruntled neighbor who did not like my husband because he had refused to sell off a piece of property to him, uh, reported that finding to animal control. The mm. result of that was um, six felony animal abuse charges filed against my husband, which were, um, they were eventually brought to trial 
in May of 2005. It took that long from to the end of 2001 to 2005. We simply thought it was going to be something we would live through because auction reports showed yeah. that my husband uh, had uh, good cattle. You know, he got top dollar right. for his cattle. Uh, he had several veterinarians testifying for him, the preeminent one out of the Reno area, the UC mm. Davis cattle expert uh, in the veterinary school, and so forth. And yet, for some reason, the judge had it out for my husband. Uh, he mocked various uh, witnesses for the defense. Uh, he disallowed a lot of the evidence, including that uh, those auction records to be admitted. Mm. Um, and he refused to allow for a chief witness that UC Davis veterinary professor to testify. And this man had never testified in a trial before. He believed that strongly in what was going on. Janet, I want, interrupt, I want to interrupt you and ask you, do you think any of that had to do with the fact that you had written all these books on prayer and you're a Christian? Do you think it was, un, was there an element of that tension in the process with the other people who just didn't understand your perspective? You always wonder. Uh, yeah. We, uh, you know, one, the, the chief, uh, the, the head juror actually was the son of the woman with whom I had been walking. Um, wow. You know, one of the jurors was a rancher. Uh, one of the jurors was the business manager for my school district. And you got to understand that it's a school district of about 30, only about 30 teachers. So we all know each other. And yeah. one of the jurors was a substitute teacher for my classes. And yet he was convicted of six felony charges of animal abuse. He could have gone to state prison for three years or more. Um, he could have had all of his herd taken away from him because theoretically, if, if he had not been feeding his cattle, he should still not have them, right? But, well, uh, okay, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have two minutes, and I want people to hear the end of the story. The end of the story is in 2007, it was overturned in the appeals court, which never happens. It never that, happened. That was we that's got to be an answer to prayer. Our, we we fired our attorney. We handled our own appeal, and we wow. listed all of the all of the um, things from the actual court records themselves. What the judge had done to prejudice the jury. So just, we won an appeal, yes, but it was very, very hard, and it still weighs still weighs heavily on us. I would say it's just I've, when you face something like that that's completely unjust, it's just hard to set aside. But you have to choose to trust God nonetheless. I am going to, I'm going to, we're going to talk about that some more on the other episode we're doing where we share your wisdom. We only have about a minute, but God's heart cares about justice. And that's why I just want to thank you for being willing to share that much detail from your personal life. It really, I know there are people listening that are going to go, yes, I want to hear more about that because we live in a time when people really struggle with injustice. And, and so it's important for those who've lived through it and understand it to be able to speak out. I'm so grateful that you shared that. And, uh, and Jesus certainly faced injustice and I can speak to that in the little, in the next session as well. We're going to talk about that. We have about 30 seconds. Do you want to say goodbye to my listening friends or let me say, go to Janet McHenry.com for more of this great kind of information. Anything you want to say as we sign off? 
just that I understand the heart of those who are struggling with injustice in their lives, and I would love to be able to give them a little more help in the next session. Well, we love it, and we're going to look forward to hearing from you some more. Truth with the Texas Twang, spoken here. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh, Got in peace.